This is Spiritual Reality Plainly Seen, the podcast that takes a look at spirituality in our lives and the world around us. Here's your host, Dr. Frank Kaufman. So I'd like to invite Reverend Dr. Frank Kaufman. He's the founder and executive director of the 12 Gates Foundation and the advisor of the value community, long-time friend. I'll say in our circle, he'll be the long-lasting religious leader and uh, in in the religious dr frank hoffman thank you very much guruji i'm deeply honored at your invitation and surprisingly more delighted to be here than i expected honestly speaking i have gained a tremendous amount from everybody who's spoken it's been a real not only education for me, but also an upliftment, a spiritual upliftment for me. This is a meeting of professionals, but I felt the spirit of God present in all who spoke it. And I'm very grateful for this opportunity. I'd like to thank you in particular, Guruji. I, as I was thinking of the impact of your life and the trajectory of your life, and I said that you increasingly awaken spiritual life in more and more people growing outward from a personal zen harmonizing humility intimate knowledge of oneness and always acting fully so it's a it's an incremental and steady and true expansion of spirituality it isn't jumping in at some place and taking command so all of us gathered here are an extension of your tireless effort and commitment to a world that transcends religious distinction but doesn't violate or deny any religious commitment it's it's a great work and it's really manifest here today i included in my comments to congratulate bawa jane because we're celebrating world interfaith harmony week but that came 10 years after his monumental achievement at the Millennial World Peace Summit of religious leaders and spiritual leaders, 10 years ahead of time. I thought to myself, now I've heard from so many, from Monica and others, that everyone has held the ground for a long, long time before this special time has come upon us. I had some words to thank the Jordanian leadership, King Abdullah, and Prince Ghazi bin Mohammed, whose words and insights fueled and infused the King's proposal to the General Assembly that was ultimately accepted. But we've heard a lot about that from other speakers. In my thoughts today, I'd like to introduce just two main thoughts for our consideration today, the, or two main words. And at the very end, I'll add a third, but the two words are patience, and forgiveness, patience and forgiveness. By way of patience, I would ask, when was the United Nations founded? I'm sure many here on this call are able to give an answer to that question. It was founded in 1945. What is the mission of the United Nations? I'm sure again, many people can answer that. The very first words of the preamble, we the peoples of the United Nations are determined to save succeeding generations from the scourge of war. The very first words. Bawa Jain's fantastic Millennium Summit of Religious Leaders happened in 2000. That's 55 years later, 55 years later. 
And if people are honest in the room today, we will know that the mere thought of religion was all but verboten in the United Nations. And yet, how could anyone imagine, or le let alone spend decades, presuming to work toward the end of the scourge of war and not involve history's greatest resource for the end of war, which is the great spiritual traditions? That's where we learn about self-control, about forgiveness and kindness and love. We don't learn it from economics. We don't learn it from political science. They have different concerns and important concerns. But in part, it's the religious community itself that kept that allowed the secular community of the UN to keep us at bay because they were afraid that we were the single most divisive and, and conflicting community on the earth. And they didn't want us around. They were trying to make peace and they didn't want to invite religious people around. But things happened. Sooner or later, it happened. I myself went to the United Nations school at four years old and what, graduated uh, the end of my primary and secondary school at the United Nations school. I've been involved with the UN all my life. For decades, for decades, you couldn't mention religion in that community. The closest, the little bridge was the word values. The closest you could come was word values. It was a little kind of permeated bridge to suggest the possibility of spiritual phenomena. And then if you mentioned values, the ambassadors would grow ashen and look left and look right to make sure nobody saw you walk into their office. But look at us today. The United Nations has become a great champion of interreligious affairs, a great home of interreligious affairs. And this is what I mean when I said the first word of my thoughts today, patience. Have patience. Be patient. On the word forgiveness, do you hear people at the United Nations saying, you know, I finally got it. I finally got it, thanks to people like Bawa and, and uh, Monica. At last I've woken up and we were wrong. We should have worked hard at that. You'll never hear it. You'll never hear it. Just won't. And this is what I'm talking about, forgiveness. We don't have to press, we don't have to press our colleagues and friends to admit they were wrong or why did you do or something. When we've arrived, we've arrived. The New York Times was, was a great champion of Stalin, a huge champion of Stalin. Their Moscow office guy who wrote all the glowing reports of Stalin and communism was recommended by the New York Times to receive a Nobel Prize and a Pulitzer Prize. Would the New York Times today write glowing reports on the greatest mass murder in the history of humankind? The greatest? I, I hope not. But we, do, do we find the New York Times writing, we were wrong? We got it wrong. No, we don't. And so this is what I mean by forgiveness. Don't we don't have to press our friends and colleagues. We have to encourage and support. Allow us to become what we've become. And for all the wrong that the history has, done, has been passed, I'm sure I have my wrongs that I should confess and repent. And so this is what I mean by, as we begin this week of seeking genuine interreligious relations, patience and forgiveness. Be patient as people like Bawa and Monica and uh, you, Guruji, working with one person at a time, working on the street, one person at a time.
And now you have people of great magnitude singing your praises and having been uplifted and spiritually educated by you as patients. Allow each of us to become what we've become. We don't have to press. And the final thing I'll say, and that's the third word that I didn't mention at the outset, repentance and honesty. We don't have to press others, but it wouldn't hurt if we've been wrong to say we've been wrong. That means we trust God. Repent, trust God. And in this way, each one of us will become free. That's how we become free. That's how we step into our new shoes and our new clothes and our new knowledge and our new enlightenment. We don't need to be afraid to have been wrong. This is our path. And free people, honestly, if I may say, only truly free people will be the engines of peace. But that takes the courage to be honest in front of the God of all and then to, and then to be born new. With that, Guruji, I'd like to thank everyone for time and attention and for allowing me to be part of this incredible and wonderful event. Thank you, Reverend Dr. Frank Hoffman. That was a beautiful message. I love it. And evening, we'll have a wonderful event in Flushing. Yes. We have called after the program. Thank you. Appreciate we'll it. offer our prayers for our brothers.